The eSeller Exchange provides key insights and learnings from influential stakeholders at and across the Amazon and e-commerce space with a UK and European focus. We'll be working to better understand what factors help to create an eSeller success. The podcast has been built to provide the listener strong takeaways, exploring key trends within the ecosystem and learning from the experiences of important players and top sellers alike. Today, we're joined by Craig Roberts, CEO of Cooper and Gracie, the largest sustainable pet brand on Amazon UK. Today, we're going to be running through his journey, going to be learning about how he's done what he's done, how you bootstrap an Amazon business to be multi-million pounds in turnover, the sacrifices he's had to make throughout his life and the personal journey and mindset that have allowed him to accomplish these amazing feats and how he feels at the end of it all. It's full of amazing insights and real strong takeaways for Amazon sellers around the world. So please sit back, relax, grab a coffee and listen to this super thought-provoking episode. So hi, Craig. Thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, Cooper and Gracie, the leading natural pet supplier brand in the UK. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, mostly Amazon and you've had a crazy success story, but it would be good to introduce yourself um, so the listeners can hear a little bit about you and it would be good to learn a bit about the business as well. Yeah, so um, yeah, thank you for having me on. Um, so yeah, I'm Craig Roberts. I'm the founder of of Coop and Gracie. Um, I, I guess I'm classed as a serial entrepreneur. Uh, it's something I've done from probably the start of my adult life. Um, maybe even the roots to that were started a bit earlier, to be honest, like in my school days. But um, yeah, I, I absolutely love entrepreneurship. We could talk about it all day. I love everything involved with it in terms of the mindset that's needed to succeed in today's world, um, the people and the network that you meet, the team building, um, the personal battles and, you know, the psychology of everything involved in sales and entrepreneurship. It's something that's turned my life around. It's given me focus. Um, it's, it's juiced up my life beyond anything else, really. I think, and I think that's because it's, it's allowed me to focus on something that brings such positivity back to both, not only just me, but people around me as well. Um, especially when you start to see the opportunity on the internet and how that is just the ultimate leverage. Um, I think that's the secret is knowing that this time is so special. Like we're in a technological revolution and I know it's really noisy, but to be able to realize the potential in front of you, just, just in your phone, in the palm of your hand, and the fact that you could reach the entire world with your idea, that should blow the pants off everybody. And unfortunately, I can't understand why it doesn't for many. <laughs> but that, you know, I'm a little bit different, I guess. I've come to realize that now. But um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, if you ever start to talk to me about entrepreneurship, then yeah, try and shut me up. It'll be quite difficult. <laughs> you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Uh, yeah. It'd be good to understand, like you mentioned the background, you started at a young age. It'd be good to understand just oh. the kind of journey you've been through and whether entrepreneurship was something that when you were like a teenager, you had some sort of interest in and how that developed the kind of things you've done since then. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was until about 10 years ago, to be honest. So I didn't really, I just called it business and hustle and trading and stuff like that. But I guess, you know, when I was at school, um, I guess really the early signs of me being an entrepreneur were back then. Um, I was really into my mountain biking and my mum and dad really weren't. <laughs> so, you know, there was a bit of a conflict there and I was all day out on my bike just just breaking it basically so I needed to come up with a you know a formula to be able to pay for the broken parts so I would go into my dinner hall and buy I think my mum gave me like two pounds dinner money and I would go and buy you know extra pasties and extra sausage rolls and shove them into my pockets and kind of snip out the, the fire door and give it to the people who couldn't be bothered to queue and sell it for double the price um, and that was how I built <laughs> my first bike basically and 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 it I think I got the bug for it then just from that it just clicked it's like right well people value their time they can't be bothered to queue but I can you know get in and, and uh, you know I'm quite good at <laughs> uh, um, you know setting up the deal before I went in there take orders and you know my two pound got me a brand new bike that I was really super proud of and that bike enhanced my lifestyle it allowed me to go riding all over the country and I met some fantastic people of which I'm actually still friends with now um because mountain biking has been a big thing that we've done over the lockdowns and all the rest of it um so it's just been yeah it's, it's fantastic to think of it like that really but yeah that's kind of where I I started and and it's it's funny because a lot of entrepreneurs started that way as well selling sweets in the playground or <laughs> You I was, know, I was on donuts myself. <laughs> yeah, well, there you are. Like, you know, it's really, really funny. Um, I was never the guy that did somebody else's homework. That was never. That was not me. I was the guy trying to get somebody else's homework. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess um, you can take a bit, you know, about my personality from that kind of story. Cool. And then left school and went into the world of work, or where did yeah. you? Yeah. Okay, so I loved sport sport is something that i absolutely love it's been aside from entrepreneurship sport is the one thing that is you know i would i would rave about all day long because it's been so beneficial for me both in a personal and a, and a team building sense um so i started off being amazed and my dad was amazed as well that i could actually have a career in sport and be paid for it that was something to my that for my dad was was really crazy and he really pushed that he thought it was really exciting because he grew up in a different era um, back in world war ii actually so he you know he really pushed me to do sport so i got into lifeguarding as a job because i was a decent swimmer um, and <laughs> lifeguarding is quite interesting because it's the one job that highlighted how i was trading time for money because you literally sit on the chair and you watch a clock, <laughs> you know, and then it's like half Count the time. And you're only allowed on the chair for 20 minutes just to make sure you don't fall asleep. But I realized even very early on then that was a, my job. And I was like, wow, I'm just trading my time for money. And uh, I didn't quite realize it then. I definitely do now. But that isn't where I wanted to be. And it wasn't fulfilling. Yes, I thought it was cool to begin with to be like, oh, I'm getting paid to swim, but there wasn't much swimming involved. And, you know, and I was kind of conning myself in that sense. But I was, you know, in the right direction. And I thought that was the best thing to do. So after lifeguarding, I went into, um, what did I go into? I went into personal training, but I did a bit of, um, I did a sports 
Science College BTEC diploma at Stafford College. Um, and that was, that was fun. Um, you know, it was basically a lot of sport in the day. Um, a lot of messing around, <laughs> but no, I mean, like not messing around, playing sport. It's just fun for me. Like it's really brings out people's personalities, brings people together. So I just loved it. And it was with the view of trying to make money from either teaching it and sharing that love for sport with other people. Um, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And unfortunately, just before I finished Stafford College, my, my dad actually passed away. Um, and that, that really put a, the brakes on career, I guess, because, you know, you never, I'm never going to go through anything like that again, um, thinking back. Um, it, you know, it was, yeah, it was a really, it was a big, big moment in my life that has shaped my personality and my um uh the way i react to things do you know what i mean i think you know i was, I was only 18 i was just a kid really but i still remember his his amazement for just the very fact that i could play sport and be paid that that amazed him mm-hmm. and i think when i look at where i am now and i think about how amazed he was by the simplest things. It really, it's a real superpower for me because a lot of people just don't see the opportunity. Like I said before, they just don't see the opportunity in front of them. My dad always used to say to me, Craig, you don't know you're born. You don't realize how, how lucky you are. Mm. And he used to tell me stories about, you know, the Mesha Schmidt flying over his house and he could tell the difference between the engine of a German bomber and an English bomber. And he used to tell me these stories when he was, you know, after dinner, after we'd played tennis together on a Sunday, we'd sit down as a family and he'd tell these stories. And me and my sister would be like, wow, tell me more stories about the war. Tell me more stories. Like, you know, we tell us stories about rations and all that kind of thing. So, you know, I've really got that, that contrast to, to think back about, um, which I really do think is my superpower. Because, you know, like I said, people just don't realise the opportunity we have. So anyway, um, after that, I did a bit of soul searching, I guess, and I, I went traveling. I just couldn't be around my local area. Um, people didn't really know what to say to me, um, and I didn't expect them to know what to say to me, but I found it really difficult that people had labeled me on something that had happened to me, um, you know, and they expected, well, I don't know, they just didn't know how to talk to me. So it was really quite an uncomfortable place for me to be. So I decided that nothing could be worse than what I'd just been through. Um, you know, I, I literally, yeah, very, we, 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 he wasn't sick. We were playing tennis before, you know, before he died. And, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm 18 years old watching my dad die, um, you know, thinking that I've now got to become the man of the house. Being told that I've got to become the man of the house, that was hard. That was hard. Um, I think, you know, as a kid, you don't realize what, what kind of pressures you're putting on yourself. Um, but my mindset was just nothing. Nothing could be worse than what I'd just been through. So, you know, I think um, I just said to my mom, I just made sure that she was okay. And I said to her, look, I need to get out of here. Um, I'm going to go travel, um, see the world. Because you know, a lot of people were too scared to go travel on their own. 
you know, a lot of people at that time that I knew were waiting for friends to go with them to get the money yeah. together and stuff. For me, it was just no option. Like I was dying, like I was just like crippled inside. And I just had to go and see what was out there, you know. And that was inspired from my dad because like, he was just amazed that I could play sport for a living. He was amazed that I could travel mm-hmm. the world. Do you know what I mean? All these things that you just take for granted now. So I just went, and it's the best thing I ever did. Um, uh, you know, I like to think about it as exposure therapy. I didn't realize it was exposure therapy, but it really was. It was just facing my fears, learning to face my fears straight away. Like what could be worse than what I'd just been through? I just, you know, getting on a plane on my own, there's nothing going across. I think I landed in like Hong Kong to begin with. I couldn't speak any Chinese, you know, or anything like that. I was just like, right, you know, here I am. And it was really challenging, but I was growing so fast um, because of that. And really like, you know, my mindset had to become something completely different to the average and I realized that the more that I went through my travels and through my life um, so when I landed in Oz I had a, a working visa so you know I'd, I'd gone out there to work because I didn't have a lot of money at all I just scraped together enough to get out there um, and my first job in Australia was wasn't to do with sport I checked into a hostel and I said to them I've got about two months of rent left um, is there anything that I can do to, to you know maybe not even get paid but just to get a bed <laughs> you know what I mean and they said they said well yeah actually we, we have an entertainment manager job and I thought oh, well it's got the word manager in it that sounds really cool I'm only 18 <laughs> like just fresh fresh off the plane and they said what does it entail and they were just like well you've got to take people around Sydney and you've just got to you know <laughs> you've got to pick them up from the airport introduce them to the hostel and then you've got to take them out for for drinks and introduce them to you know Sydney and, and give them ideas on where to go and potentially you would take them out to to the beach one day and stuff like that and um, I I just just took that opportunity straight away and was just like right this is this is brilliant I'm gonna you know plan out like all these little events and stuff and basically I started a mini events business from the back of free rent for a bed so I started selling tickets, started organizing mm-hmm. events and barbecues on the beach and barbecues on the hostel roof. And it was the most amazing time of my life. Um, you know, I, nobody knew me from my past. It was my decision whether I could talk about that. I didn't let it define me, but I knew it was, you know, an arrow in my back that I was going to have to carry. Do you know what I mean? I still carry it today. Um, but yeah, just um, that just having that mindset of just doing what I was afraid of, which could hold you back. Do you know what I mean? And not wasting any time from that point. Like I've never taken a, a day of life for granted. Do you know what I mean? Since that point, you know, and I think that is um, a big part of my mindset. Definitely, definitely without a doubt, you know, I wouldn't do this podcast justice without, without covering that aspect of, of why I am the way I am, you know? Um, but anyway, when I got back from travel, I managed to be away for two years and I started up a personal training business. And it was a big thing psychologically for me to return back home with, where my dad wasn't there. But I, I picked up so many positives from, from the travel and the exposure therapy and the experience. And I'd been through all manner of different experiences. And I, I really had a good idea, even as young as 21 or 20, I think it was when I got back, 21 maybe. I really had a good idea of who I was and how I'd react in many different situations. And I mean, many different situations. Um, and I loved that. And it, and it felt like a superpower to me. 
so opening up my own personal training business in the middle of a recession, I think it was 2008, maybe 2009, a lot of people called me mad and I didn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I was just like, I'm going to do a personal training business. Uh, you know, I've got experience in, in sport. That's what people know me for. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go for it. So I got a few old friends together and converted my mom's garage into a studio. And I said, right, I'm, I said, I said, I'm not wasting money on rent like I can I've got a network from sports clubs around I can train them at my my house which is in a decent my mum's house and the back of a garage which is a decent location and and that was my my first proper entrepreneur business and that was the first time that I had a mentor um, who sat me down and said a mentor that was a client as well and he sat me down and he said look you know fantastic that you're getting into business he was really you know he's a true entrepreneur as well still going and he sat me down and said right you need to do goal goal setting you know um and I was like well, goal setting but you know and he's like well if you don't take aim how do you know where you're going to end up you know you, you you're in la la land if you don't try and actually focus on something or or aim for something then you're never going to get there do you know what I mean so you've got to be clear on and how you're going to get there so so he did that with me and, and goal setting became a thing where it was not only important to me but it's important to the clients as well for the retention because they if without progress there's no happiness it's just pain yeah. like do you know what yeah. I mean but the personal training business was a fantastic business and I loved it um I absolutely loved it the downfall for me was the fact that I didn't realize that it wasn't just about sport and there was a lot of psychology involved in being one-on-one with people that weren't where they wanted to be and you were dragging them out from that place yeah. like literally you were being their strength you were being the one person they saw once maybe twice sometimes three times a week and they you know when the endorphins start kicking around from the exercise they start unloading on you it starts to become like oh wow like you know and, and I got myself that busy because I was that popular um, I was just trading time for money. I couldn't figure out how to leverage it. I could not for the life of me figure out. I was like, oh, I can't charge anymore because that's just a ridiculous price. No one would pay it. It's just going to annoy everybody. So, you know, and I got completely stuck, but I was so in the business. I couldn't see the pitfall that was about to come. And I completely burnt out. I completely burnt out to the point I didn't even touch a dumbbell for almost like four or five years after like it was bad it was really bad and I know I can see the signs in other people doing the same mistake of what I did then because it's very easy to do you know I was very people were very reliant on me so I was thinking like you know I can't let them down but I wasn't think actually thinking about myself properly and it was only until I had a really nasty accident playing hockey I, I smashed my collarbone in 12 places dislocated the shoulder um and I was just in a complete mess. And thank God I was taken to the hospital and had a, a, a just as luck would have it, one of the top shoulder surgeons in the country was in the hospital. And he was, he was like, this is so bad that I personally can't wait to get a hold of you, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? to make sure that you're all right. Okay, all right. Um, so obviously, thankfully that prepared okay, but it was a long time out of work. Yeah. And there's again a lot of soul searching. That was when it, everything caught up on me at that point. The fact that I was back in my family home and my dad wasn't there, I could see the the, the mental, um, the psychological and mental impact of that 
within the rest of my family that was still living at home at that time. And it started to really weigh on me then. Like, you know, I was trying to build a business to be, to be a provider for my family. I was trying to step into my dad's shoes. And when, when I hurt myself physically, I realized how vulnerable I was. And that was hard. That was really, really hard. And I spiraled, to be honest, and I had a bit of a breakdown. Um, and, it, and it wasn't pleasant. You know, I had to take a lot of time out. Um, but in that period is where I really started to discover people on the internet that were doing things differently because I had to. I couldn't pick up stuff. I couldn't drive. I, I, you know, I, I, didn't, I, I knew there had to be another way. It just had to be. And it's that moment when I started to be on YouTube and I started to buy things on Amazon and not Amazon, on eBay, you know. And the first thing I bought on eBay was um, resistance bands to help me with my own shoulder because I was adamant that I'd get back to things as quickly as possible, you know, get back on the horse, get back going, you know. And, and thankfully, it took me a lot longer than I thought because I had time to think about it. I was like, you're just going to end up exactly where you were before, you know, with the same result. It's going to happen again. You're not going to be happy. You're going to burn out again. So it made me look into buying and selling physical products. So I would buy from Alibaba, <laughs> buy these resistance bands, and I bought 10 packs instead of one, right? And I would, um, I would say to the supplier, you know, I'm Mr. Joe Bloggs, and I'm just setting up a, a you know, fitness industry kind of, um, I'm just setting up in the fitness industry, I work at such and such a gym. And the Chinese supplier would come back and always give you a cheaper rate because they think, you know, you've got, you've got yeah. the ability to be able to sell more. So I made about 10 different email addresses <laughs> <laughs> and pretended to be 10 different people to get, you know, as much stuff as I could through as cheap as possible. And then I'd sell them to my old clients because they were looking for fitness equipment. Now their personal trainer, their rock had gone. Do you know what I mean? And I still felt some accountability for that. So I was like, well, you know, you can buy the kit off me. That'll help me a little bit. It'll help you. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's where I went with that. And, and that is actually where it, where it clicked is, hang on a minute, I can buy a physical product and I can sell that physical product with my marketing and branding behind it. Although I didn't have my own logo on it at the time. It was just the very fact that it came through me, my personality, my brand, that they were willing to pay five pounds more. And they knew they were paying five to 10 pounds more, but they did it because they liked me. They liked my brand. They liked what I'd done with them. They liked the relationship that I'd built with them. And it really clicked for me. It's like, hang on a minute. If I sold them all, like, you know, 30 clients or something, I sold them all, you know, my resistance bands and then a set of uh, a TRX was very popular at the time, you know, and then I sold them a T-shirt or something like that. All of a sudden, I was like, I'm not wasting time for money here. You know, like all of a sudden, I was like, wow, I've got leverage. How do I get more people to, to buy this? Do you know what I mean? Um, so that's really where it, where it clicked. And I started doing um, online courses um, to do with eBay. I started doing okay on eBay. And then really the one that stood out was um, all of a sudden the rise of Amazon. You know, it just kind of arrived in my, my email one day. Um, this person that was, you know, signing up loads of people to be on a course to how to, how to learn how to sell on Amazon. And it was all very data driven so I didn't know anything about Google Analytics I didn't know anything about Amazon at that point but when I realized 
the information that you could get from a website and from Google and you know you could you could see right the demand so you could see how many times people were typing in what they're interested in specifically my mind just went into overdrive you know what I mean I was like, oh wow like I can see what people want and I can look over here and see that nobody's really selling it and I can create that product and I can put it out there you know and then I can you know that that was my leverage I was like wow you know crazy so your whole, my whole life changed at that moment um but I you know I think um I've, I've been involved in a number of businesses and the ones that haven't worked out you know it's all behind me now I've learned a lot from it um I think that it wouldn't be fair for me to not address that I've learned a lot about people and a lot about myself when money's involved, it can be very, it can change people a lot, a, a lot. And you have to be very, very, very careful. So one of my traits is I'm, I'm quite an open person. I'm very open actually. <laughs> um, I'm not as open as I would be one-on-one -on, -one on a podcast like this, because I'm conscious I'm speaking to the whole world. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't want to name drop or, you know, drag anything up from, the dirt that I put to bed and other people have put to bed behind me. But my goodness, there's been a lot of lessons learned from trusting the wrong people, from not communicating properly, um, from setting up a business without the end in mind with a partner that perhaps wants something completely different. It's like chalk and cheese and it's never going to work. Um, and from that, I've, you know, I've learned a lot. I think just to just to kind of put that in perspective, I had a I decided I was going to partner up with somebody and we did really well together. It's going fantastically well. And then all of a sudden, um, it was quite abrupt, really. I found myself out of the business, you know, like I had to sell, sell my shares and off I went. That was, you know, to put it mildly, it happened very quickly. And is that, is that on the online retail space as well? On the online retail space, yeah. So you can see hockey stick growth quite quickly in the online retail space, especially when this happened years ago. And um, I think it's fair to say my opinion of it would be that the wrong advice was given to the partner involved. Um, it didn't really understand. Those people weren't in the business and they didn't understand my value. You probably figured out by now that I'm quite a good talker and communicator and i can sell so i was the driver of the sales i was the driver of the marketing and if you don't have sales you don't have a business so they took me out and i left and i had what i put in in the first place which was around about six thousand pounds and i was really again it was a really really lonely period of my life because i lost pretty I was I had a good life I was traveling on the internet selling things and I was really enjoying it I was building good relationships yeah yeah I was learning lots I was always doing courses and then all of a sudden I ended up <laughs> back in my mum's bedroom at like 27 years old thinking oh my god like what how has this happened why did you not how did you not see this happening? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, just, just to understand the timeline between the kind of the start uh, and, and this. Good few, it, yeah, good few years. Like, I mean, 
different businesses? Yeah, different businesses, jumping between. But the one I'm on about particularly where I really started to leverage the internet um, it's probably a, it ended about five years ago, so two years before that. So that, it's seven years ago now. Yeah. It's actually quite a long time, but it's also fresh in my mind. And doing something like this, just it brings it up again. Like yeah, I put this yeah. to bed, but it's quite... <laughs> emotionally taunting doing something like this because you have to go back there yeah um, and the story i tell myself now is completely different to when it actually happened but that's a good thing because it shows that i've moved on and it shows that i've grown a lot from that and i don't hold anything any bad feelings about it because you know everybody was trying to do things with good intention but unfortunately a lot of bad things are done with good intention yeah so you're in your mum's you're in your mum's yeah house. so I'm, I'm at my mum's I lose my girlfriend at the time. She doesn't like it that I can't now travel the world and, you know, be the fun person that, you know, I perhaps was uh, and wanted to be. Um, and it was very, very lonely again. <laughs> and I was, I was very embarrassed by this. I lost a lot of friends about it, um, which really hurt, really, really hurt. Um, and again, I did the soul searching, but this time, <laughs> the difference this time was I just on a whim decided that I was older now. I didn't want to do as much travel. I've done a lot of exposure therapy. I was 27 approaching 30. I need to knuckle down or else I'm going to be the old guy that's not really, you know, got anything to sing and sing about. That's how I felt anyway. That's how I was made to feel. My confidence was just shattered, absolutely shattered. But I wouldn't tell anybody that. But it was just the lowest, lowest point. Um, and then my dog, I just decided I'm going to go out and I'm, I'm going to get a dog. And when that dog arrived, it just completely changed my life. You know, it was, it was just, it's incredible for me to think about this. And I know this happens to a lot of people with animals, but I'd wanted a dog since I was like two. Mm -hmm. I've never been allowed one. And of course you can't have one when you're traveling. That's just ridiculous. So, you know, to, to be able to actually as an adult <laughs> reluctantly calling myself an adult at that age like saying I'm responsible enough to have a dog was it was a massive thing and that dog just completely changed my life because it gave me um just such connection and love that I've just lost I've just lost friends I've just lost a girlfriend I've just lost my love of travel I just lost a business I just lost my security I felt like I had nothing but what I did have was all my experiences and stories and and you know, knowledge of what I'd done in the past. And it took me a while to, to, to come back from that. Um, but I started to listen to top professional people that are very, very good and successful at what they did. So like, I would start to listen to, I don't know whether I, do you want me to name drop or? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, at the time, I started to listen to a guy called Tony Robbins. Yeah. Very popular. Right. I have a completely different opinion on the guy now as to when I did then. Back then, he came, his tapes and his CDs and stuff came into my life at the right time because he taught me about, you know, the six human needs and what drives people. Um, he's very good at, um, you know, relating to my, my... I found a lot of... I could relate to a lot of his talks about, um, you know mental health because mental health is a big thing when you're an entrepreneur you're taking on a lot of risk you know what I mean there's a lot of highs but when it's low it's low um you know and 
no day is the same you know mm. what i mean you, you're constantly almost in a situation where um you know it's it's risky a lot of people just wouldn't take that risk that's why there's not many entrepreneurs willing to be out there that's yeah. the reality of it you know um but yeah i started to listen to people that were that i thought were super successful and i just shut out the noise i was like no i, can't, I haven't got time to waste now i cannot afford this to happen again i can't afford to get engaged with anything that's going to take me away from where i want to be yeah so i wrote down everything that i was doing that was messing up my life and i mean everything i just i got my mom my bedroom my mom's bedroom like <laughs> it's my bedroom at mom's house right? <laughs> I put whiteboard, sticky whiteboard paper over the whole wall and I covered it in, in just notes of Tony Robbins <laughs> and uh, maybe um, Simon Sinek. I don't know if you've heard about him. He's very good as well. And um, I started to break down my personality, why I hadn't seen the pitfall coming, what I'd messed up in the past. I started to evaluate my relationships, you know, and 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 just took the time to really think wow like you know it's all on me i'm responsible for this and as soon as that clicked as soon as that clicked with the comfort of my dog because i had that connection yeah was no longer distracted by women you know because you know to try and get love and connection or like cheap thrills and stuff i was just like i had my dog and I, it just transformed my life do you know what i mean i was like wow i can I can focus. And I was so pleased with, how, with who I'd become, who started to become with my yep. dog. So happy, even though I should have been so sad in, in many ways. I could have had a really strong pity story, you know, but said that, I realized the opportunity now. I was like, well, hang on a minute. I've got such good connections from my experience in the business. I can do it again, even though I've told many people you can never do this you can never do what i do you you're always just for this and that and i started to roll my shirt roll my sleeves up and just just cracked on and, and in my bedroom i built cooper and gracie and i did it from starting with the end in mind and i said right these are all the things that i've done that have messed up my life these are all the things that i've done that have negative impacts and these are all the things that i can do that have positive impacts i started to think about the six human drivers you know, so certainty, uncertainty, growth, connection, significance, and contribution. And I started to set goals and I started to kind of think, well, if I hit that goal, which one of those six human needs does it, does it tick off? It was a really interesting process because I realized that I couldn't get to my fulfillment level without a certain level of wealth and security because of obviously my dad not being around anymore, that was a big pressure on me and I felt a lot of guilt. You know, I'd promised him that I'd look after his family. Yeah. That, that driver was always burning in me, just burning away. And it has been, it always is. Um, so just that process of goal setting and knowing human psychology and then knowing myself and exposure therapy really helped me massively massively helped me but again starting with the end in mind i started to go like right well i don't just want to sell product that's meaningless it has to have a story it has to have something of meaning my dog you know i crafted a story around me and my dog that is true do you know what i mean it's not you, you know there's a bit of fluff around some some brands i guess but for me i couldn't be like that i had to be raw and authentic i've already said i'm quite an open person and hopefully that comes across today 
but yeah, it had to be real for me. So I started to write about my dog and I started to think to myself, well, what makes my dog happy and what makes me happy and you know and what does a dog want and stuff like this like, and you know I just used to go I had lots of time on my hands when I was thinking of how I'm going to do this and we'd just go on walks and listen to podcasts and just got into really healthy habits yep. any I had I was so militant because it had to be I was just like <laughs> just write down any anything that wasn't going to get me closer to my goals I didn't do it I didn't pick up the phone I didn't you know it was just gone I didn't have any time to waste I was like anything that's an opportunity that's going to get me closer to my goals just do it just do it just pick up the phone and go for it and try and keep going do you know what I mean I knew the power of the internet I'd already experienced a tiny taste of success and I knew that I could damn well do more. Do you know what I mean? I, could, I, was, I was studying people that were 10 times more successful than me, 10 times more successful than I'd ever been. And just realizing that there was, the success left clues. And I could, I could see it, I could spot these patterns. Do you know what I mean? I was like, right, this is, this is how you react in this situation. This is what you should be doing. Um, and one of the key things for me was realizing that it wasn't actually all about money. It, although you know we're all in business to make money and all the rest of it, it wasn't really all about that to make you happy and that's why I kind of created a social mission to my brand and I put this insane goal at the time of 10 million rescue animals is what I wanted to, to do from creating a pet care business that was online and I also wanted to just prove to people that I wasn't crazy that I wasn't you know just talking rubbish that this opportunity in that we're living through now is just incredible and I couldn't wait to get my products on Amazon and on other platforms on my website and take on the biggest brands out there because they were sleeping it was an old way of doing things you'd go and see an old white guy and get you get your product in a store and everybody would buy it because they had to buy it because it's the only thing in the store nobody talked to me because they didn't know who it was but Amazon you could get in through the back door and you could plant your products right in front of everybody. And I just, I just knew I had to go for it. I was like, I am all in absolutely just full on. I mean, this is it now. All I'm talking about is how, you know, how, how, how to do this. So I didn't have much money. Like I said before, I had about six grand. I, um, yeah, I, you know, you had to spend lots of money on just basically setting up the business, getting an account, and I'm not very good with numbers. That was the first thing I outsourced and, and, and what have you. Um, and then I had to make an order for, for product um, and that, <laughs> you know, and, and design it and all the rest of it. And that, that, that took a while. It took a lot longer than I'd wanted. Do you know what I mean? But once it was up there, go in on. That, in, that, in that situation, what do you were you manufacturing and creating the actual product itself or were you white labeling it what was the, the process there initially yeah so i had a contact that had a factory um and they were already making pet care products and they were making all sorts of other products like within natural and sustainable um so i approached them and said would you mind like i said to them, look this is what's happened to me this is the situation i'm in you know i'm very driven i'm very motivated would you be able to give me a chance do you know what i mean yeah and they turned around and said, <laughs> you know, we wouldn't normally do this, but you're so 
there's something they they said there's something about me do you know what i mean there's a presence yeah. about me. i drove when i picked up the phone to them i said look i'm so keen i know you're four hours away i will drive to you to not waste your time and i will tell you i will show you my i would show you in half an hour of your time exactly what i'm going to do do you know what i mean and how i'm going to do it so i broke down i basically spent about two hours there in the end because they were so amazed at how I knew step step exactly what I was going to do how I'd done my research how I knew that Cooper was the most popular dog name in America Gracie was the most popular cat name in America you know I knew there was a rise for Google trends on cruelty free that nobody else was paying attention to I knew that the beauty industry was going all natural and everybody loved it and that hadn't come into pet care yet and I knew that there was dogs out there that were suffering so I just played on that massively and I just made it my mission. Do you know what I mean? And I had the story about me and my dog. I had the story, um, you know, of, of a taste of success. Do you know what I mean? And it was just, just enough for them to give me a gamble. And I sold everything at below market value because I knew I had to show them that I could sell. Yeah. I had to show them that I could sell. So I made nothing. I just got money back in the account. I made absolutely nothing. And they were just like, okay, well, the second order's coming in now. Do you know what I mean? Like, right, second order's coming in. Now, you and I both know that when you're buying stock, you have to balance your cash very carefully. And at that point, it wasn't somebody like Payoneer who was offering me, you know, really, um, really good ways of growing your business. That's very new. So I had to be very creative. And what I did was I realized that one of my strengths was my experience. And one of my strengths was the fact that I'd done this before and I was doing it again. So I started to advertise that I would help people set up on online businesses. Um, and I actually ended up doing talks at Cambridge University with a room full of 50 people that had paid me to be there. And I used that money to fund the business. Now, I was very open with my supplier and I kind of, played a little bit on what had happened to me beforehand do you know what I mean and they kind of felt a little bit sorry for me which isn't a tactic I'd recommend but at that time it was that was where I was at I'd got my first order through I was bundling along but I was kind of like I knew I needed to order more and more for them to take me seriously so I needed to get cash from somewhere so I had to come from these training courses and you know me putting myself out there so oh my god I was working so hard like it's unbelievable because, you know, you start to say to somebody, I'll help you build an online business. Then all of a sudden, I'm like spending so much time telling people the basics of how to build an online business. It was absolutely mental. Like my time just, bam, went like yeah. that. I was like, oh my God, I was enjoying walking my dog. And, you know, now I'm like, oh, like I'm working like 24 hours a day. The phone's ringing and, you know, I made it such an enticing deal for people to want to pay me to get my knowledge that I just made it like an unrefusable deal. Do you know what I mean? So it's like people were just like, yeah, that's a no-brainer, go for it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because they knew that the risk-reward was there, but it was enough for me to order more product. So my supplier was just like, I don't know how you're doing this, but I love it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was just like, I don't know. Because they knew my situation. And from that point, they just built a relationship with them where they trusted me. They knew I'd always pay them on time. Like they, they wouldn't give me any terms or anything to begin with. It was, I had to prove a point. I was like, fun, the money's there. Thank you. Let's do this. And um, they knew that I didn't have my own place. I was working out my mum's 
<laughs> bedroom. Do you know what I mean? I was a single, like one man band almost with a story about his dog, but they were, in, they were impressed. And eventually uh, things started to, started to, to take off a bit more. And I, and I honestly believe it was a little bit about timing, a little bit about, um, I guess, grace, you know, like a bit of good luck. Um, but it was really a point in my life where all my experiences and everything came together. Do you know what I mean? Like my social skills, my ability to connect with people. That phone call that I made to the supplier, I still remember it today, do you know, was, was just like, there was just something in my voice where this person knew how desperate I was, but how, I guess, is honorable or trustworthy. Do you know what I mean? They just wanted to, to give me a chance. And it came out after, um, she's, it's still the same supplier now. It came out after that, that this person had strongly related to where I was because it had happened to them in business. Yeah. They'd ended up in this, you know, predicament that I'd ended up in. They'd been, nobody had seen their worth. They were told that they couldn't do it. Their confidence had been shattered. And it was, it was their time to help pick me up and give me a chance. And that yeah. meant something, that heart really meant something to them. And that connection never dies. Yeah, yeah. It never I dies. That will never die between us. Like we are so strong and I owe that person so much for helping me and seeing the opportunity and seeing how much I wanted it. You know, like half our time spent talking was nothing to do with business. Yeah. It was spent talking about our past failures, relationships, um, problems, you know, it was almost like therapy, but it was nice for both of us. You know? Yeah, just out of just out of interest, how many no's did it take until you came across them and they gave you th that chance? Um, I'd be lying if I said I spoke to anybody else. I knew exactly who I wanted to speak to. Yeah. So you know, I could sit here and say, "Oh, yeah, I had fifty no's." <laughs> Not like that. I've had plenty of no's in my life. Believe me, plenty of no's. But at this particular time, I knew exactly who I needed to go to. Yep. And I knew that they, it was a big gamble. Whether, if they had said no, I honestly don't know what I've done. I'd have made a different path. I would, I would have done now. I know I would have done. But I couldn't afford the no. I just couldn't afford the no. Like everything was on the line. My name was on the line. Like nobody'd seen me. I was just a hermit in my mum's bedroom. Like I was all of a sudden started posting pictures of my dog and people were like, didn't he used to sell something else like fitness equipment? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Like all these pressures, but yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the relationship I've got with my supplier will never die because we are true entrepreneurs. Do you know what I mean? We put everything on the line and we, we go for it and, and I've helped them massively grow their business. They've helped me massively grow my business. They've seen my family grow as a result of it. I've seen their family grow as a result of it. And it's that whole human drivers goals, you know, that fully encapsulates this journey that I'm so addicted to. And it's just a positive addiction to, to have for everybody involved. And that's why I just love entrepreneurship so much because it, 
I guess I'm talking about the people involved in the business now and how positive it's, it is for them because they're selling something they believe in. You know, it's natural and it's good for the planet, it's cruelty free and all the rest of it. But also the positive impact it has on everybody that discovers it. It just makes you feel so much better. Do you know what I mean? Like just, it, it's like a little bit of sweetness when you're actually selling something that you've created with people that you love and you're putting it out there to the world. I honestly couldn't think of a better feeling than, than that. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of it. And I'm so proud that I came from my mom's bedroom. Do you know what I mean? To, yeah. to where I am today. And, and it's the same house that, you know, I said goodbye to my dad in. Just it's just mad, like yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. Like, but you know, it that's my mindset. That is my crazy. mindset. Just just out of interest, is that was there never a time you thought maybe you're just going to get a job? Maybe you come up from Australia, never. just get never. a job. And, and why is that? Never. Um when I was uh when I was traveling, I, I did a lot of a lot of different jobs, right? And they, and they were like just fun jobs, I guess, like just to get me through. Yeah. But my whole point of the travel was to just be exposed to as much as possible to try and find out who I was. That was I'd set out there with that kind of intention. Um, and by the end of my travel, I had developed tinnitus <laughs> um, from too much partying and too much diving and snorkeling and all the fun things in life. And this really affected my sleep. And I couldn't, for the life of me, deal with pressure of trying to get up for somebody else at eight o'clock in the morning because my, my, I was really struggling with my sleep for so long. So that was just another additional part of me. Who I, mean, I really know about that. I've never really spoke about it, to be honest. But that was one of the major reasons that was just working for somebody else isn't an option because you get up when you want to get up now. I'm productive. I could be productive through one o'clock in the morning to five o'clock in the morning if I wanted to be. There was no rules anymore. Mm. And I loved it. You know, like I told you, I was listening to podcasts. I'd walk the dog at one o'clock in the morning down the canal. Do you know what I mean? And, and I like, just look at the moon and listen to Tony Robbins. And you know what I mean? And I knew I was confident in myself then because I didn't have a time restraint. I, I didn't have to answer to anybody, you know, that, that would have caused me any, any more stress, I guess, because it was a stressful. It's a stressful thing to have to deal with and I deal with it a lot a lot better now do you know what I mean in fact more stress makes it worse if that makes sense so you know I've learned to to handle it so, so you almost completely shut yourself off from the world and just just worked on you right yeah but definitely a lot of people could probably yeah. do could do with that to be honest um, well isn't it interesting what we've just been through mm. I mean I have had to face a few demons through lockdown Mm. Do you know what I mean? As well, there's there's habits that were creeping in for me that weren't healthy, you know, that were affecting my relationships with people and 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 health mainly. Um, I, this, I've never put on weight in my life, and then this year I put on weight, and I'm like, well, hang on a minute, what's the point in doing, you know, so well on your business and financially if you haven't got your health? And mm. you know, I'm sorry, but you're not a rich person. Like that's rule number one you look after yourself I knew coming into like doing a you know I was doing a job of 10 people for a long time you know I knew that I was gonna I didn't want to burn out like I had done in the past and I, I knew I was very conscious of that like that I needed to get in help um and stuff like that and, and thankfully I through 
I guess my personality and my, my ability to connect with people I managed to bring the right people in I, I just want to go a bit further on that actually my first hire in the business was actually somebody that I taught how to sell on Amazon right and this is how this is how this is the clever bit really this is the really clever bit that people should take note on so I raised capital for the business through selling courses um, and teaching people how to to sell on Amazon. I then built relationships with those people. And there was one person that stood out called Ted. And he was just so much more capable than, than me. He's one of these whiz kids at school. You know, he just do, he was just, things are just easy to him. But he's very much a numbers guy. He's very much a, you know, understands the nuts and bolts of how things work. Where I was the guy that could do the branding and do the selling so you know I taught him branding and selling and he taught me the numbers and then eventually we're like you know what let's just do something together in the sense of like let's just help each other's businesses out um it's quite a good point for me to bring out I was ill-advised at this point by somebody else by a poor advisor to get equity in his business early on and when I did that it was too much of my time and pressure in that business away from mine. So I was no longer growing my business. I was split, couldn't split myself in two. He was very reliant on me because it's very new to him. He was only a young lad and he was doing a supplements business on the um, side to, to my pets business at the time. And it could have got really, really salty. But thankfully, and this is the, again, the beauty of, of entrepreneurship is his personality traits and, and my personality traits, we saw eye to eye and we said, you know what, rather than burning bridges here, just I'll back out of that business and give you the 25% back. You can have the full feeling of I own my business, I'm fully in control, I'm putting my money in, do you know what I mean? And, and I can take the risk. And that mindset allowed him to take much more risk and much more um, he had much more fun with his business, just mm. bouncing off me and me bouncing off him. We never paid each other um, a penny. We just traded skills. So he would help me out with accounting. I would help him out with branding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was over the moon when he got, and, and marketing. He was over the moon when he'd get the sales and, and then he would do extra research for me. He was really into the numbers and stuff. And both companies started to, to really take off and I saw a massive, massive... Um, increase at that point when I guess he was my first hire but you know he it was just trading skills and money the other thing that he was good at was he realized how busy I was juggling so many balls and he made his first hire who then became my first my first proper hire and we created a agency for um selling for how to teach people to sell on Amazon again so we teamed up at this point and we did that for a year because I told him well you know this is how I've funded my business perhaps if you want to come in with me we could get a bigger network and we could you know split the piece of the pie and use it towards spending on ads and spending on we were desperately in need of, of VAs basically virtual assistants and stuff like that um, but I would have left it a lot longer to hire a virtual assistant whereas he's just very bullish and he just knocked down a door like boom he's just in and you know if it's a complete messy deals with it 
you know, whereas I was a bit more like treading around. But he he interviewed and hired. He'd been to university, and so he had this kind of training. And, you know, he interviewed and hired first person called Asim. And that person still runs most of my, um, he, most of the operations of the business. He's absolutely fantastic. And he does my operations and he does Ted's operations. And from there, we helped a sim build his own business by bringing in more people as the company grew. He was our guy that interviewed, that, you know, assessed everybody. And he didn't only just do, you know, operations. He was a second voice on opinions on his experience of working with other brands as well. And he's been absolutely phenomenal for us. And both of our businesses have grown exponentially since since then really since we started to to not do the job of 10 people we started to really you know enjoy the lifestyle aspects of what we were we were you know obviously setting out to do from the from the start um we now have i think probably about five six people full-time just you know working on the operations customer service and and so on and um again it's amazing that leverage of the internet what that's allowed you know, the lifestyle that it's allowed me over the years. Um, hiring people is just, when you, as soon as you can, you should. And I was told this and I didn't do it. But honestly, as soon as you can, you should. I kind of stumbled upon it with, with Ted. I was lucky. I was really lucky that he, that was part of his skill. I was really lucky. Um, I can't thank him enough for it because I would probably driven myself into a bit of a hole. Do you know what I mean? Trying to do too much again. So, you know but eventually you know it allowed me not to be working in the business but on the business that's very cliche a lot of people say that yeah but it's so true it's so true you've got to i'm the visionary i'm the guy that gives direction i'm the guy with the passion i didn't have time for the passion at one point it was like whoa hang on a minute i'm so in it i'm like why am i looking at google analytics every day yeah you know reading reports when i should be out there talking to people about how how much I love my dog and my story and why I'm selling the best cruelty-free shampoo on the market and how I've taken on the big boys and big pharmacy and just blown them out of the water on the biggest sales platform in the world. That's what I should be talking about. That's what I should be happy about. Do you know what I mean? And it's amazing to me how um, the hires that I've made, they're so, so humble in knowing their place and how important it is. Do you know what I mean? Whereas my experience before that was like chalk and cheese, like, you know, it was a battle. It's nothing like that anymore because I'm so aware of it. Like I really take a lot of time with my employees to make sure that they're happy, to make sure they've got their own goals. I mean, like with the sim, it was like, well, what's your goal? What do you want to earn? And, and how can I help him get there? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yep. well, well, if I help you start your own agency out in, in the, in the Middle East, like, can we, can we get you to where you want to be? And it's been the most fantastic journey because I've seen him start a family. I've seen him build a house. I've seen his employees build a house. I've seen them start families. He's seen me start a family. He's seen Ted, you know, enjoy, enjoy a lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Beautiful. It's really, really beautiful to, to be able to know I'm, I've been a part of that. Do you know what I mean? Like just yeah. away from just selling physical products. It, it's amazing to know how much I think I've realized when you don't think 
your your decisions, good and bad, make far more of an impact than you could ever imagine. Yeah, that's what I'm realizing. Like, because you've almost worked with a co-founder in in a sort of weird way with your yeah. two businesses uh, interacting with each other. Yeah, where do you think it would be without that influence and like? Could you have done it by yourself? What do you think the difference would have been? No, I'd have burnt out. I would have. I know mm. the signs now and I know I know the personality traits that were coming in. Now I'm reflecting. What would that be down to? Yeah, it was a very clever thing that I stumbled upon where I just decided to trade skills. And I use that a lot still now. Like people are always trying to get involved in a good thing. They always want a piece of the pie. Mm. It's like, well, hang on a minute. Like, Let's not make, because it gets sticky and, and complicated really quickly and things don't need to be, you know, we don't want to be spending months talking about equity and, sorry, what? Like, no, like, <laughs> let's just trade skills. Do you know what I mean? I can help you, you can help me. We've got a mutually beneficial agreement. Thank you very much. If it doesn't work out, then it's not meant to be and you can move on and it's nothing, there's no, no paperwork to deal with or anything like that. You're still focused on your mission. They're still focused on their mission. And that's... Yeah really important a lot of people get bogged down in that i see it all the time they don't even get anything off the ground because they're so into the analytics of like the details of who's involved and who's going to be doing what yeah it's not obviously your meeting was pretty unique in how you met do you have similar almost mentors or people in the space that you you work in a similar sort of way and how do you kind of network and meet them um yeah i guess i do have people i respect and look up to um Definitely. There's, there's a lot of people that have taught me a lot about selling because they've sold to me. You know, like I've been sold to a lot, you know, I'm, I'm quite impulsive. Um, but I had to be to learn what a customer is like online. Do you know what I mean? I had to buy, you know, impulse and things like that and learn what made me do it and, and what made me regret it and what was the customer service like and all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I do definitely have, have mentors online um there's a lot of people doing a lot of great stuff out there um i mentioned a name called simon sinek um and he he kind of goes on about business is kind of a, the infinite game it doesn't just end like a game of tennis so you don't just win you have to keep going do you mm. know what i mean and that's where like starting with the end in mind comes because it's like you got to know where you're aiming for but you got to know what you want so it's like you know, do you want a lifestyle business or do you want like a full on corporate empire, mm. you know, and why do you want that, that kind of thing? And, and the different kind of, well, the different things you're going to have to, you've got to have a reality check, like what you, you can have virtually, I believe you can have anything you want in this life, but you've got to be hyper realist about it. Like yeah. if you want a massive corporate empire, like if I said to you, I want a massive corporate empire, I don't have any corporate experience at all. Mm. what do you want what's the whole game plan i want to i want it a lot of it was a chip on my shoulder to begin with i want i wanted to prove a point like that was a big thing for me like i was i was so so taken advantage of and beaten down into a place where people didn't want me to come back from you know like it was it was hard and horrible and i i took it very personally you know I'm over it now, but the, that emotion drove me. So I wanted to make, I wanted to prove a point. I then wanted to make a healthy, 
healthy reaction from proving my point, if that makes sense. So that was where the goal was set in the 10 million rescues. You know, and I want to, I really do want to see it now as a truly global company. And, you know, it being successful and helping as many animals and as many, you know, I've gone into garden and home and garden and stuff like that for plants now. So it's like insects and environment. I just feel like I couldn't be in a better place for something that means a lot to me because it's so relevant, but it's always been relevant for me. That's not just mm. a lovely story that I brought up. Like I love life and I love this planet and I've had an amazing experience on the whole. Um, you know, and I, I just want to make as big an impact as I can. And I kind of still, I want to hold on at the top for as long as I can mm. until I know that I'm the bottleneck in my own business. And mm. if I feel like the right person comes along and says, I can take this to the next level where you can't for whatever reason. And it helps me hit my ultimate goal of, you know, 10 million rescues and, and stuff like that. Then I'd, I'd consider moving aside perhaps so, mm. for, you know, exiting, let's say. Um, but I think you've probably got the, you probably realized how much this journey means to me. Yeah. You know, that it would have to take someone special to get me out of here. You know, it would, it would really would because there's such an emotional, um, and it's, it's such an emotional journey and it means so much to me. Do you know what I mean? I, I couldn't leave without having something else to do. Yeah. It, it would cripple me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just put it into some context then. Let's re, kind of rewind the journey a little bit um, and talk about the business specifically and the Amazon side. Um, so yeah, on the, on the Amazon side, what does that journey look like from when you set up to now being the largest pet brand on Amazon UK? Or you tell me what the facts and figures are. I don't know. I don't know the figures of other sellers, but I do know I have a very large range. Um, and we do do a substantial amount online every single month. Um, and it's growing month on month, uh, because I'm consistently adding in new products that solve problems for people. Um, do you want to be a bit more specific about when you, what you want to get out of me there or? No, just, just the journey and the how, journey. yeah, how, how you've grown so, into yeah. that effectively from being on Amazon, um, selling decent volumes i guess there's there's a bit of a gap between maybe you're turning over 10 20 000 a month to then doing kind of hundreds of thousands do you know what i mean and yeah and there's, there's a bit of gap there and how do you yeah. bring that business to that level effectively what, what was what was the kind of well the process yeah I, mean, there? I touched on it um i touched on it recently by saying about hiring people that definitely yeah. helps um that's the biggest thing I can't give specific on the numbers of when things happened. If I had a graph in front of me, I'd be able to actually tell you, oh, this is when I did this and this is when I did that. Um, but basically the hardest thing to get to was probably 100,000 a month. That was that was a tough one to get to. No, the hardest one was getting first sale overboard, sorry. But after that, the confidence grew. You know, you, you know, if you can sell one, you can sell more. When the feedback comes back and you know you've got a good product, oh my God, just, just, just push it, just go for it, you know. Um, yeah, hundred thousand a month was a, a hard one to get to, but I think I did it within. I gave myself a goal of doing it within twelve months, and I did it within eighteen. I think eighteen months, and then 
around about a hundred thousand a month, you start to be able to invest wisely in back into your business at a much more substantial rate. So around about a hundred thousand, you can start to create more in research and development. Do you know what I mean? You can start to put a bit away there and it doesn't take away from spending on ads. Do you know what I mean? And you can start yeah. to carve away a bit of your gross profit and you can put it into research, research and development and, you know, taking time out to be able to think better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do I want to do with this? What's an opportunity? Because when you're in the business, you can't be thinking about, like, oh, this would be a good product. It's never going to work. You've got to make very considered decisions as to what you invest in. Because if you make one wrong decision up to 100,000 on a one wrong product, well, that product could be sitting there and you've, you've messed up everything because you can't sell it and all your money is just stuck in this, this product that's sat in Amazon and you've completely messed up your business. So it was around about 100K um, where I started to, to see a lot of growth. And then actually, I'm trying to think at what point I found you guys. It was about two years ago. Was it two years ago? I think, I think so. Um, yeah, Crufts. It was the last Crufts show. Somebody in your okay. company, yeah, somebody in your company basically sent me an email and said, hi, I'm so-and-so. I would love to talk to you about um, your business and how we could help you mutually beneficially get you growing further. And they've taken the time to look at the website. They knew a little bit about me. They knew a bit about why I wanted to do it. And I was impressed by that. I was like, okay, mm. all right, cool. I was walking through Crufts with my dog and uh, my partner, Lydia. And I said to her, you know what? I might just give these guys a call because... You know, I was on a high, you know, around about those types of figures, you, you know, the business was profitable, things were going places. And the only thing that was holding me back was not having the extra capital to invest into product to grow more. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I needed more stock and, and everything else. To is that, is that just R&D or stock and R&D? Stock, or? stock yeah. and R&D, both of them are massive in my business. Um, so, you know, I, I needed funding. And, and this is an area where I'm not great at, but obviously I've got people around me now that are much more experienced and handled a lot more money at that level at a corporate level with my partner, Lydia, has worked in a corporate level very successfully. And then, my, you know, my business partner, Ted, who, you know, again, he's in the corporate world as well, but he also runs a business that's very analytical. So I've got the right people around me to, to guide me and make decisions. And what I realised was when Payoneer came out and they said, you know what, we can see what you're selling on Amazon. And what we can do is we can lend off the back of your payout. So when it, you, know, you get paid from Amazon and it'd come into um, a bank account and you guys could just take your cut straight away from the payout. Very simple, very clean. It wasn't an extra job for me to be like, oh, I've got another invoice to pay and taking me off my track. I thought, yeah. And the rates that you had, were, they worked. It was, it was fantastic for me. I think it, the last show at Crufts was just just when the lockdown started. And that was, oh my God, that was stressful because everybody was in just, you know, panic mode. And, and because stock was so hard to get hold of, and you may think, well, sell shampoo, but, you know, I've got to get, I've got to have a plastic supplier for the tubs that actually stays in stock. And they're now telling me that they, the minimum order quantity is 10 times the amount I'd normally order. Well, where do I get the money from for that? 
you know, then I've got to try and get my ingredients. And again, everybody's saying, oh, well, the, the freight's going up because nothing's coming out of here and there. And you've got to now stock up, you know, three times the amount. Oh, my God. Well, if I don't have any product, I don't have a business. If I didn't sell, no sales, no business. Simple as that. So I'm scratching my head and you guys just popped up at the right time and thank the Lord for that. Like, you know, that's why I say there's a bit of grace in this world, like, because it's just timing. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, I, I just took the opportunity to do it. And I think you guys were amazed at how quickly I paid it back and, and, and kind of utilized what you were doing. And I loved it. I love the story of Pioneer. I love the fact that you've gone, you know, rung the bell in, in the NASDAQ and all the rest of it. I think it's an amazing story. And I love talking to all of you that I interact with about it. It's why I'm doing this really. Um, but yeah, you know, I think entrepreneurs, one bit of advice I would say is you should always give at least 10 or 20% of your time every month into looking at where you can raise money from. It's so important because I was lucky. I was so lucky that you guys came along because had you not, I would have been in a whole world of trouble. I would have barely stayed in stock. My revenue would have probably halved. You know, I'd have been taking, taking out desperate loans rather than, you know, um, considered decisions that were, you know, properly mm. done and properly set out, I would have then been negotiating in a place of panic rather than a place of comfort, which was just so important, you know. Um, and yeah, I think from using your, your, um, your service, that's really when the business started to take off massively because, you know, obviously everything went online and it was a bit of the right place at the right time, but I was in stock available next day you know reliable and you know that's when things really started to, to my product started to get into more hands mm. and you know all of a sudden we were doing half a million a month and it's like i didn't just fall into that there's a you've heard if you've listened to this podcast you've heard the story of how we got there you know everything had to be lined up at the right time but i've managed to do it um my way but especially the last the last year year and a half with two years with you guys it's been you know it's been a, a major 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 positive um to be able to just have that mutually beneficial agreement um with you where you can help me grow when i need to and and and, and uh, yeah i can't thank you enough for it really i think um you know the business is still growing month on month i'm always adding in new products i'm always adding trying to get into new marketplaces. Um, I think coming out of Europe was a big, that was a tricky situation mm. as well. And that happened again at the same time as the lockdowns and the stock issues. So, you know, that was very difficult as well. And I ended up losing quite a lot of revenue in Europe because I couldn't get the stock from the UK into Europe. It was getting lost. People were charging, didn't know what they were charging on freight. They didn't know what they were charging on tax. Oh, it was just a nightmare. So thankfully we've managed to sort all that out now as well, because you now, you know, you, you guys can help in those areas as well. And you lend in, in euros and even US dollars as well. So, you, you know, it's, um, yeah, you just got to be on your toes with things. And obviously nobody knew that the pandemic was coming. Nobody knew that there was going to be 300% growth within e-commerce. And I was going to be one of, you know, the best-selling 
um, pet care range on Amazon and all of a sudden I've got the attention of the, the whole nation. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa, <laughs> roll these sleeves up and, and, and get going. Like, you know, I had to prove to people that I had a good product. I could, I could, I had to prove to Amazon that I could deal with that supply. And I think because I've proved to Amazon that I could deal with that level of growth, and I could deal with that supply. And we never went out of stock, which is unbelievable. Like, you know, there's stock issues all over the, the place, but I managed to keep it together. And, and, and that, that meant a lot to me because not just to grow the business and everybody involved, obviously as, as a, you know, as, as, the head i guess at the top of the you know driving it if we don't make any sales then potentially people don't get paid and that would really hurt me like mm. on a personal level i'd feel very responsible for that but on another level because of the products that i sell they genuinely help dogs genuinely help like itchy skin and you know flea control and stuff like that it's, it's an essential item you know like Dogs can get very sick if you're not helping them like that. And people rely on the same product that they know works for their dog, gets a trusted result, doesn't react to them. You know what I mean? There's a hell of a lot of uh, pressure on me throughout that point where I just was like, I cannot fail again. I was like, I have to get these products out there to these people. You know, and people were panicking like all over, everywhere around me. Everybody was just panicking, panicking, panicking. I had companies phoning me up saying, if you've got spare bottles, we'll pay you twice the price. I'm like, no. They're my bottles, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm using them, I'm looking after my brand and that was it. Although, you know, for, I think I know a lot of entrepreneurs got very greedy throughout that time and they tried to go for quick wins, you know, and they didn't focus on the mission. They didn't focus on the business. Maybe that's because they haven't got the same, you know, strong vision and mission that I've got within my team and, and why I'm doing things. I'm so adamant on why I'm doing it. Maybe, you know, if it wasn't like that, maybe I would have gone, you know what? Yeah, I'll sell, I'll sell a hundred thousand bottles to you and just make a couple of quid very mm. quickly. But then you're just sitting there and you haven't got a business again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen a lot of people not navigate the pandemic very well um, at all in the online space when really it was the biggest opportunity that will ever come. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and I think I would say that kind of crisis creates breakthroughs is very, uh, that would be a good thing to say at this point in this podcast. Um, and yeah, I think we were in a bit of a crisis, but we had to be creative and we did break through with help from from our now growing network do you know what i mean and so, and coming out of lockdown what are you anticipating what what do you foresee and how do you even plan yeah. for that okay so coming out of the lockdowns and stuff well a lot of industries were worried you know saying well you're only getting growth because of the lockdown so okay well how many people have bought dogs throughout the last year how and what's the average lifespan of a dog what's the average lifespan of a cat you know like all these things like the pet industry is solid mm. because it's grown by 300%, but that's, it's going to stay that way for 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Um, I guess all the people that are buying these pets now, they tend to be younger people as well. Absolutely. Um, and that where they're going to shop Amazon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, even the old people have changed their habits. They mm. know one click and it's at the door and they feel safe. It's comfortable. There's no, there's no friction. There's no restriction. You know what I mean? It's just so easy. Like, you know, contactless shopping. It's just like, I was the first person in my family to test it out because I knew it was the future. I'm like, wow, this is, this is how I'm going to, going to scale. 
um, big time because it's just there's no friction. It's just like bump mm. up the door. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I am in a, a good industry, but the opportunity is there for for everybody. Do you know what I mean? Like any industry, if you see the opportunity with the internet, you know, there's a hell of a lot of opportunity out there. And and I think that, like I said at the very beginning of the talk, that's where it has to come from. You have to be able to see the monumental transformation that you can have by leveraging the internet. You can leverage any subject you want. You know, I, I know people that sell courses on how to fix a tractor and they're making thousands more money than they've ever made in their life. Do you know what I mean? Because they're selling how to fix a tractor to somebody all over the world. All of a sudden their shop window is the globe, the global, it's just, it's just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it is. And on the topic of kind of the short term future and what that entails, what does the longer term future look like for Cooper and Gracie? What's the the idea and where do you see it? Where do you see it potentially going? Um, I would love to see it going properly into America next. And we've, we're making plans, good solid plans to do that. Um, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, a lot of uh, bridges to cross with that one, like in terms of licenses and, you know, paperwork and stuff like that. But we're getting there with it. Um, the nice thing for me is that the brand has been proven um, in in Europe, uh, especially in England and you know, Germany and everything else. So it's been proven there. So it's kind of a rinse and repeat. Amazon has the same kind of system that I know I can get into i know it very well um, and i can i can grow in other marketplaces so again it's um it's taking on considered amount of extra funding to grow in different marketplaces and considering that risk and just managing it in a way that i'm comfortable because i have a lot of mm. responsibility now my my job really is not to go bankrupt mm. uh, and just still be creative i know that sounds very black and white but it's it's true like if i make a stupid decision at the top and I could still now spend a hundred thousand pounds on stock and it not move because it's a stupid item that I didn't research properly and I didn't, you know, stop doing what I did in the beginning that got me to here. You know what I mean? And those things can creep in because, you know, you're not in control of your life or, you know, you've got distractions creeping in and stuff like that. I think I see a lot of people mess up when they they stop doing what got them to where they were. They think for some reason, like, oh, now, now I'm here and I'm comfortable, like, oh, mm. I can change. It's like, no, you've got to remember exactly what you did to get there and, and like, hone in on that and, and keep doing it kind of thing. And, and definitely don't take that for granted, you know, because... Um, fear I, of what was before, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, isn't it? You know, I know somewhere where I definitely don't want to be. Mm. I'm, so, you know, and I've been there and I'm, like, more than one occasion. I'm like, well, no, absolutely no chance. But then again, starting with the end in mind in this one, I've built in certain things that are more secure. Let's just put it like that. You know yeah. what I mean? So it would be very unlikely for me to end up in that position again. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Which is very important as well. And that's, in my experience from the people I've spoken to, a lot of people make the same mistakes. A lot of people, it's just how much you want it and why, knowing why you want it. Yeah. And after America? uh america i mean it's gonna happen it's gonna happen this year i think um 
I don't know. I think I, I'm just so, I, I get so much enjoyment from growing it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's me. There's so much uncertainty, but there's so much growth that I can enjoy and, and connection. And really, I, I'm trying to tie it in with my own personality and what I want. Do you know what I mean? How far do I want to be pushed? Because there's kind of a limit. Like I've, I've got a young family now. My, my little boy is three months, just over three months old. And I've dreamt of having a little boy since my dad died when I was 18. You know, I always wanted to have my own family, but I knew I just wasn't ready. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. I met the right people. I wasn't secure in myself. And being a dad now is the best job I've ever had. Honestly, it's the best job I've ever had, but it's the best job I've ever had because I've now got the time to be able to spend with the people I, I want to spend time with because I've put the work in years mm. ago. Does that make sense? So, you know, I know I can go into the American market and kind of put put it into a system that I know is working where it's not going to take up a huge amount of my time. And I think really... I, I, I want to start looking more at um, the impact of what I can do on a social level. Do you know what I mean? The whole 10 million rescues thing is so important to me still because it's got me to where I am. Like is, well, how can I help more shelter dogs? How can I help feed animals and give them, you know, my product and, you know, like that. I think that's something that I'm definitely going to focus more on. Um, I would have loved to have focused on it more in the in the pandemic era, but because it was such a crazy, crazy time where I had to just focus on staying in stock. And it might sound easy for some people, but it really wasn't. Like it, the logistics of staying in stock is full full on. Um, you know, balancing cash, balancing you know when something's available, when it's not. How much can you store in your in your warehouse? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you know, you know, do you invest in another one and all the rest of it? Um, but yeah, I think th there may be an end goal to exit. Like I said, if the right person comes along and I can trust that they will carry on, you know, the legacy that I want with it. Do you know what I mean? I'd hate for it to be gobbled up by a big corporate and just. You know, they've just bought me out because they wanted to get rid of me. Yeah. Or that would that would really, really frustrate me. And I would hate it. It would, it would leave a big chip on my shoulder again. I'd be like, oh. you know, because I'm all about trying to be different. I've only got to where I am because I outsmarted them and I was creative because I had to be. I'm not a corporate person. I thought completely differently. That's why I've had a different result. Do you know what I mean? Um so yeah, I just want to make sure that the business carries on and the brand carries on and, and carries on to impact as many people as possible, really. Do you know what I mean? That's that's my main my main goal with it. Again, global, obviously, you know, why should anybody miss out on something that I'm so passionate about? I want everybody to see it, I want everybody to use it, you know, and I want everybody to feel good about using it because they like what the business stands for, they like <laughs> who I am <laughs> do you know what I mean why it started to get to know the, the story um you know even get perhaps get to know my dog and you know yeah it's yeah that's that's it really that's what I want I want it to just have a big impact as bigger impact as I can I don't want to waste a second of this opportunity you know I, I know that you know some people are living like they're never going to die do you know and I'm just here just Honestly, just just giving it everything I've got.
you know, everything I've got. But I think with the new little family member at the moment, it's been a complete, you know, it, it changes everything, like your perspective on life. Like I look at baby pictures of me and he's like the exact image of me. And it just blows my mind. I'm like, oh my God, like it's just a little mini me sitting there. And I'm thinking of all the information and all the, the situations that I've got into and all the pitfalls. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to kind of leave um, clues or I want to be able to teach my boy and, and other people. But especially it comes relevant when I talk about my son is, you know, I want to, him to be able to see what I did. wanting yeah. to know that it wasn't easy yeah to know that you know it ain't easy out there people are very smart and very cunning and you know at any point you you may be dealing with something that you've never dealt with before and you've got to know who you are who you have around you who you can trust can you even trust yourself you know what i mean to make the right decisions um and i take a great deal of um, consideration to that actually big time because this isn't a normal thing for somebody to have done i come from a very humble 2.4 i guess middle class family you'd guess me at, you'd put me as like but nobody would have said that i would have done this really i think my dad may have said to me at, at the point where i was bringing you know building a bike out of nowhere and he couldn't figure out how <laughs> and i was just using dinner money that I flipped on sausage rolls i think like kind of had an inkling then that i had some hunger and some drive in me and he did used to joke one day you'll be a millionaire because i was so tight i'd never spend my own money i'd always make him spend his even though he knew that i'd got an extra two quid <laughs> but like yeah i think you know look it's um yeah I, i'm just yeah just very considered about you know, the new world that, that my son's going to grow up in. Like, it's, it's a lot of people struggle with the online aspect of things. And I honestly just think it's how you use it and having the respect for it. Yeah. You know, bad habits can creep in anywhere and it can creep in online. I mean, the amount of time I still waste online, even though I'm, you know, very adamant about trying to be focused and, you know, time management and all the rest of it. And, the amount of time that you can waste these apps are just so you know they know what they're doing don't they <laughs> do you know what i mean to keep you engaged and stuff but it's how you use it yeah. you know so i'll try and use them to try and learn i try and use social media as a learning tool you know what i mean or as something where i can help pe other people learn um and stuff like that so yeah yeah it's amazing <laughs> i think there's still such a long way to go for you as well like You've only really conquered the UK and European market, as, as I said, the US. And then yeah, there's no reason yeah. why the rest of the world is out of bounds, right? Um, Absolutely, more yeah. And more, more and more middle classes and, and around the world are probably becoming pet owners and there's a wealth of opportunity out there. So, mm. so I think the future is very bright. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I think, you know, like I said, I don't want to be the bottleneck to you know, the, the end goal, well, the goal really, like the infinite goal, which is to help as many as people as possible and have big impact. If I start to become the bottleneck to that, then perhaps I'll remove myself. But for now, I'm passionate, I'm healthy, I'm, you know, I'm in a good place. And, and, and I think that will show in the business as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. I think that closes it off very nicely, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, yeah, before we, before we go, It'd be good to get your top three 
tips for business, tips for your personal life, as well as your top three book recommendations? Oh my goodness. Um, so top, <laughs> top three for business. Start with the end in mind. Know exactly why you must succeed and you cannot fail. And do personality tests so that you know exactly who you are and who other people are and who will fit the bill to be able to solve the problems that you need solved quickly and efficiently. That's the business one. <laughs> what is it? Top three personal, is that as well? Yeah. Personal. I mean, there's a lot of that that could overflow into personal as well. But personal, I think, um, definitely do personality traits and especially look into um exposure therapy as well in terms of like you know try and think to yourself what am i what am i scared of what is holding me back and try and address it it's hard it's really hard really hard but try and address everything that is messing up your life write it down look at it and think to yourself well where will i be in 10 years if i carry on like this and that should be enough to scare you into changing. Um, I guess I would definitely say goal setting for your personal life. I know I've talked about it in a business sense, but personally, oh my God, it's, it's so important. So kind of go for set goals in your health, set goals for wealth, set goals for happiness and set goals for love and keep track of it and, and make sure that you don't neglect one of those areas for too long. Now, if you want to see significant growth in any of those areas, you're going to have to put some sacrifices of some. So it might be mostly for younger people, their social life may, may have to take a bit of a, a back step. You know, I'm not for not being social. I'm a very sociable person. But, you know, if, if you want to have to, if you, if you need to spend time in your relationships, that takes a lot of effort. Do you know what I mean? And if you don't have the awareness that your relationships possibly aren't working because you've got financial problems, then really you've got to own up and just be like, well, I've got to sort out my wealth areas of goals. Do you know what I mean? Before, before you have any chance of perhaps getting your other goals in other areas of life. Um, so yeah, goal setting, definitely a huge one. Um, and lastly for personal, just work on social skills and experiences taste as much as you can get out there you know never never think that you're better than anyone always listen to people's experiences and and try and try and get yourself to a place where you can always understand where they're coming from because they might not always be coming from a good place and if you can understand where that comes from you're, you're less um, you're less affected by it because you understand. So I guess education reduces fear. Do you know what I mean? And understanding people is just so important because most breakups and most friendship breakdowns is just because people don't understand each other and their situation at the time. Um, openness as well. Like a lot of people aren't very open. Um, and I've, I've, I can only speak from my personal experience, but being open 
has been has done me a lot more benefit than it has negative. I have been caught out by opening up to the wrong people in the past and I've learned my lessons from that. But you can't hold it in. We're, you should never, ever think that your problem is unique to you because millions of people would have had the same problem and they will have dealt with it and someone knows the answer and they can save you a lot of time. Um, and what was the last three book recommendations? Yeah. Okay, there's a book called 24 Assets. Um, that is a fantastic book that teaches you how to basically uh, put together a plan of how, how to build assets within your business in the digital era. So, you know, it teaches you how important it is to build a list, how important it is to build a personal profile, how important it is to, um, you know, think about everything that you're doing as an asset, as building assets within your business, because that adds value to your business. Um, that's a fantastic book. I think it's Daniel Priestley that does that one, 24 Assets. Um, another one would probably be, trying to think of a really, really good book that I've read recently. Um, Ray Dalio, Principles. So Ray Dalio does a fantastic book on principles. It's actually a massive book. It's, it's probably way too big for most people, but he does do a really good um, YouTube breakdown of his principles. And it's like this mini series. It's in cartoon. You can watch it on the sofa with your mates. It's really good. Like I, I did, did that to some friends and they were like, what are these? <laughs> and they actually really ended up enjoying it. So I'm definitely going to recommend Ray Dalio. Um, and principles that's really good because that touches on you know how you learn and how you grow and how you get through life and all sorts of different problems but he relates it to, to business but it's very relevant um and then finally i'm trying to think of a third book i guess it would be something to do with oh god yeah how could i not do this one jordan peterson um jordan peterson i think it's 12 rules for life that is probably the most impactful book that I've ever read. He's somebody that for some reason online, he's seen as controversial, but to me, he should not be controversial. It's not at all. It makes complete sense. He's made me make sense of my life and things that have happened to me. So in so much more clarity without fluff, just clinical psychology straight in, you know, it's there, it's out there. He's made the videos, it's out there for you to learn from. You know, the book is there, the book is fantastic. It's an audio book as well. Um, oh my God, yeah, that one. That is life-changing, really is life-changing to anybody. I, I defy anybody to go through that and say that you haven't picked up a life-changing piece of information. It's fantastic, so yeah. Perfect, well, thank you for sharing. No worries. And, and I think that's it, so. So thanks yeah. for, for joining us. If there's any parting words you wish to place upon anyone, then uh, so now, but if not, thank you. Thank you for being yeah, here. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think, hang on a minute. We've got a little visit. This one, <laughs> this is how it all began. She's been just patiently waiting under there, keeping me nice and calm, aren't you? She doesn't have a clue what she's doing here, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is how it all started. This is the this is the the dog that 
just changed my life really and really made me realize what was important and yeah I owe a lot to her (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah no look it's been fantastic I've really enjoyed speaking to you I hope it comes across well for people um it's I've never done anything like this before so I'm really hoping that you know it's valuable to somebody if one person out there gets something from this and is inspired or you know wants to reach out to me then they can do it it's not a problem do you know what I mean I'm 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 absolutely fine with that I want to help people it's kind of a natural instinct for me to want to do that it does make you know make me feel good about myself do you know what I mean that people could possibly learn from my experience and yeah hopefully yeah so hopefully people enjoy it (laughs) thank you very much thank you no worries catch you later (laughs) cheers bye-bye bye-bye oh Uh...